Ah, welcome back. I see that you're waiting to decide to buy that until I finish up the story. Well, now that Asp has surrendered, the crew is pretty much ready to clean things up, and we're almost there. But first, let me explain what has happened so far. No, that will take too long. Let me sum up. Our heroes, Pippo, Millie, and Grafton, arrived in Oran on a boat. Shortly thereafter, they were mugged along with the rest of the passengers, and their bags were stolen by bandits who made their getaway via a well in the middle of the town square. Maria, another passenger on the boat, hired the three adventurers to retrieve her back from the bandits while she had a meeting up at the new college. So off they went into the well. Below the square, they found a network of tunnels and waterways through which they chased the bandits, but they didn't get very far before seeing a flash of bluish-white light and instantly finding themselves back at the well. This happened a few times until they seemed to be successful, although this time the party had split up. Grafton got into a heated tussle with a minotaur, Pippa went straight after the main group of enemies, and Millie found some of the stolen bags. Most of these she stowed for later retrieval, but she decided to keep Maria's bag with her. As the party came back together, it seemed like they were able to hold their own against the bandit crew. But that's when another enemy entered the fray, a she-ogre named Grinzina, who had a history with Pippo. As the fight with Grinzina and the bandits unfolded, weird magic in the form of a bluish-white pixelated light seemed to be coming from Maria's bag. This, along with Grafton's hedge, seemed to give our crew the advantage, and when the dock officer showed up with a group of Patuki, those small platypus creatures you can see outside, the last remaining bandit gave up. We returned to our heroes talking with Officer Seraph and the Patuki after their battle. The Keys to the Universe, a Dubious Histories podcast. Season 1, The Stopwatch Arc. Episode 17, The Legend of the One. for more backpack is somewhere down there. Well, sir. Did I hear you say that? Probably. Yeah, probably. I Same distance from me as he is. I hid some of the backpacks in a tunnel back there a ways. I'll show you where it is. Excellent. Uh, we'll handle things from here. Um, and the platypus warriors um kind of head over to where Asp is at and start to tie him up. Um, a few of them kind of dive back into the water at your prompting Pippo, um, making some noises. Uh, and they head off in search of the bags. Um, and the hammer? And the hammer. Grefton, hearing all of this talk of bags, uh, wants to say, or will say, I guess, my bag is missing too. Anyone happen to have seen a slightly crispy minotaur anywhere? <laughs> Everyone gathered back up at the well. Um, it's still that mid-afternoon time because, honestly, at this point, not much time has passed in the real world. Um, so, Millie, you've got your bag. You've got um Maria's bag and you know in kind of exiting the well system you took the rest of the group back to get the bags that you had stowed away um the platypus you know spent some time searching but pretty soon after uh the rest of you make it out of the top of the well 
Um, they bring the rest of the bags that had been uh, stowed by uh, the merrogue in the water back up to the top as well. Um, and wait, real quick, we went yeah. back out by climbing back up the well. No. Um, okay, so that's a good question. So, um, you guys went back to, uh, the, um, like, the tunnel that Millie had stored the bags in, and then kind of continued back to where Millie had gone up those stairs, and then exiting through Gilda's kind of basement. So, you go up the magical escalator, um, there's that kind of, like, storage area where Gilda's is storing plant pots and... You don't really know what else, um, unless any of you want to look inside these boxes as you go past right next to this officer of the law. I think I already looked in them. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so you kind of climb up a ladder. It goes into, like, a basement area that's clearly, like, food prep and storage and stuff for Gelda's bar above, and there's stairs, and you go out, um, and so you guys can meet back up kind of at that main well portion in the square where the rest of the people who had had their bags stolen as well are all kind of waiting for their bags. And so um, kind of in, you know, the conversation that happens, um, you gather that um, after you guys dove into the well, Officer Surath kind of quickly came onto the scene and the rest of the people who had been there had kind of seen that, like, you guys went in right after these bandits. And so... Um, they assumed that we were with the bandits. Right. He had had... No... <laughs> Because the people who were there had heard the interaction with you and Maria, at least some of them. Jim was the hit point. Yeah. <laughs> at least one. Uh, so, I'm going to say that again. So, they had heard the interaction with you and Maria, and so they had kind of updated him. Like, there's a couple adventurers who went in after the thieves. You might see them down there. More um, than once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody else knows that. Uh, you sure? Is there anything? Nobody who's conscious, I think, at this point knows that. Well, we we established that it was a localized time warp, which means that Millie and I reappeared at the top of the well at least once. Yeah. Uh, nobody. <laughs> Officer Sarath in his conversation with you makes no mention of that. Okay. Um, and we make no mention of it either. So, yeah, is there anything that you guys specifically you, had wanted and they went to down the well, to And then they were just that, back at the top, and then they um, went down the well again. Process. Um, Officer Sarath offers to, like, take Maria's bag back from you. Um, and I just hug it closer. I'm like, okay. no, 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 no. She asked us specifically. Okay. Well, if you want to make sure it gets back to her, then that's fine with me. Um, you know, he kind of had a report of, like, whatever she had mentioned. I think that she was going to pay you guys and everybody was standing around in that open area. Um, so as you kind of like turn the corner around a building from Gildas to come back into that open area, uh, you see uh, the uh, guy who's outfitted with the surveying equipment um, brandishing kind of a spear at a very crispy looking... Minotaur. Um, and so he had kind of found him and brought him back to the main area. Um, and when, you know, you catch his attention or whatever and kind of go over to interact with him, uh, he 
very gingerly like has a tiny backpack between his two fingers and says, Master Chickmunk, I believe this is yours. Uh, and he hands it back to you. Um, oh, good. The protection spell didn't break. <laughs> nope, you didn't break the protection spell. Um, so that's kind of everybody back up in the top there. Um, as you are bringing people's bags back, there's a couple people who are um, pretty thankful to you for getting their belongings back. Um, and so they also offer to reward you um, with some gold for your troubles. Um, at this point, Maria's still up at the college. Um, you'll probably remember from before that um, she had mentioned she had a meeting up there. Um, so kind of your options at this point are you can go meet her up there or she had also mentioned like later that evening she would come back down to this area after her meeting so you can meet back up here as well. So um, do you guys have a preference one way or another where you're going to meet up with her? I will we go up towards the college. All right, let's go find her. Okay. Um, so you guys exit out of that main um, kind of dock area that's pretty open and to the east of that is a big acropolis that um, is kind of one of the signature features of Orana and it goes up and there's kind of one level and then there's you know another level up above and there's these big um, stone stairways that are like hewn into the side of the mountain that leads up to these different platformy areas where there are um, a lot of different temples and kind of some of the more like um, religious type buildings that maybe are given a little bit more honor that are a little bit ornate than just the more like business area that you've been seeing in towards the dock. Um, so you head up to that first area and um, it's pretty clear where um, kind of that new college is being built. So it's pretty clear where that new college is being built. Obviously, there's like a lot of construction going on. It's pretty clear. It's really the only major building that's really being constructed. And so you head over that way. Um, and um, someone kind of approaches you as you're approaching, being like, hey, we're trying to keep civilians out of here. There's a lot of construction going on. Um, you know, unless you have official business here, we'd really recommend that you stay out of uh, the way, mostly. I indicate towards the bag and say, we have something for Maria. Uh, okay. Uh, who's expecting us? Who's Maria? <laughs> this guy's like just a construction worker. She had a meeting up here. She told us that we could bring the bag up here. Okay. Um... So he said, okay, well, if you've got a meeting um, or someone had a meeting, they're probably going to be over in this building. And so he kind of leads you over to a different building that's, at this point, you know, one of the first buildings that was probably constructed. Um, Ooh, thanks. And so you uh, kind of head over to the building. There's a hallway um, uh, in one of the side rooms. Uh, you can hear um, Maria talking with, um, another gentleman, or I guess a gentleman, since Maria's not a gentleman. Um, so everybody roll an awareness check. Oh, no. 
Nine. Twelve. Okay. Five. Okay. Um, Awareness. Griffin's least... Most practiced, least most skillful skill. Most practiced, skilled. least skilled skill. Uh, so, uh, Millie, I think you can probably gather just a little bit, like, they're talking about, um, like, an employment opportunity, uh, but you, don't, you guys don't pick up too much more information than that. Um, so, you guys enter into this room, and I sort of feel like I should have you all make a charisma check. I was going to say, since we heard them talking about an, op- an employment well, opportunity, we I guess stay that's out. So, you mentioned, you would know, like, you can make a decision based on that if you would like to. Can I stop them? Sure. I, yeah, I mean, in my smallness, hold out both arms, trying to hold them both back, even though... They're talking about a job. We shouldn't interrupt. Oh, well, I got a job. No, 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 no. We just completed our job. So what are you guys doing? I'm telling you to stop. I mean, I'm stopping. I have no reason to not to. Yeah. I don't have the bag. Okay. I was just like, Griffin will stop because like, we're gonna wait no for them for to finish to their meeting. He have okay. Uh, <laughs> so, you guys find a good spot to wait, um, and then Maria comes back out of the building after a short time. Oh, so my spot to wait is just going to be exactly where she stopped me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So they open the door, and this big imposing ogre is standing right there. Uh, the door is already open. That's oh. how you could hear the conversation. Um, I figured it was like but, cracked. Yeah, they. I mean, if Pippa doesn't move at all, and nobody else is gonna encourage him to move, <laughs> then uh, you guys, um, I guess, are just standing in the hallway, and the meeting finishes up pretty quickly. Um, and so Maria comes back out with this older uh, gentleman who looks to be particularly scholarly. Um, you could imagine he may be in charge of the college. Um, as you're waiting, do you guys have any sort of conversation or are you all just chilling there? Obviously, there was like kind of a large portion of that where you guys were in separate places. I don't know if you asked what happened or anything like that or if you're just waiting. That's also fine. I died once. <laughs> Didn't like it. Technically, it's the second time I've died. I think Grufton is just kind of tired. Pat Pitbull just in the arm. Doing a lot of running and a lot of spell work. I mean, to be fair, like, I both of those just... are his thing. Like, that is what he does. But it's also fair for him to be tired after doing them. I mean... Yeah. Uh, Millie, have you opened the bag at all at this point? No. Okay. I don't think I want to. I think I'm a little bit freaked out by the glowing thing that spoke to me. Uh-huh. I'd like to hold my action until Maria enters the hallway. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think when mm-hmm. Pippo says that he died once, I think Grefton wants to say... You died once? How are you still alive? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, Dagamouth. This is powerful being. 
and well, see, I wasn't exactly paying attention to what he wanted. So I died a little bit, and then I'm pretty sure he brought me back to try again, because he did that the first time I died as well. But then I wasn't where I was when I was there earlier. Right. So there's a being that kills you if you don't listen, <laughs> but then gives you another chance by bringing you back? No, 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 no. no. He doesn't kill me. He allows me to die via my own choices and then brings me back despite more mistakes. Well, that sounds pretty sweet. Sweet is not a word I would use to describe Dagamouth. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Uh, at that, uh, Maria comes out of the room with uh, this older gentleman who you can tell is, uh, you know, probably in charge of the college. Um, she's the one, or he's the one she had been talking to about this employment opportunity. Um, and they seem to be, like, on pretty good terms. Um, perhaps they've met before, and that's maybe how she got this interview or something. Um, but as she comes around and says, oh, hello. Um, Maria, we found your backpack. And I just grab the backpack on the back yeah, of Melly. <laughs> no, the one you're wearing, because they look the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I grab the one that you're wearing and try to lift it. <laughs> trying to kick him. And... So at that, the older gentleman says... Oh, hello. Uh, you seem to be uh, in with some guests, so I will catch you later and we will uh, make the details final. Um, Maria, it's always good to see you. Uh, and he kind of nods to you guys and then walks the opposite direction down the hallway. Um, so Maria kind of like puts her hand up to her mouth and like gives you an interesting look and then says... Oh, thank you. Uh, muchas gracias para la bolsa. Thank you. Thank you for the bag. Um, I'm so glad that you got a bag. And she kind of walks over to the two of you with Pippo holding Millie in the and air. And I hand out, or hold out the bag that are, that's in my arms rather than the one that's on my back. Pippo just stares at it confused. <laughs> Looks so, at the other one. And then back at the one she is handing over. And he stares at Millie a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then Maria accepts the bag, uh, and she, as soon as she takes it, she flips it open. Um, and out of the bag... Does Pippo ask, you've had it the whole time? <laughs> Pippo's... He's processing. Processing. <laughs> looking back and forth between bag, bag, bag. Um, so... Uh, yeah, Maria flips the bag open, and out of the bag, um, flying into the air, is a green and yellow feather serpent. Um, and it kind of, like, flies around a little bit, um, and then kind of, like, comes to rest um, in the air behind Maria. Um, and she says, oh, Fiesta, glad to see that you're all right. And she kind of, like, strikes the snake, and then... Uh, reaches her hand into the bag and was like, excellent, my most prized possession, safe, fiesta, glad you're good, and this, the object of my research. And she pulls out 
a small black pocket watch um, that also kind of like slithers itself around her hand, um, down her arm, around her wrist, and then moves back up into the palm of her hand. Um, and she says, yes, I've been researching these for quite a while, and I think that maybe what just got me this job, so I'm pretty excited about this. Thank you so much for getting my bag back. Um, and she hands over a bag that has the gold that she promised you in it. I think Grefton wants to make an arcane check when he sees it slithering around, but he also will say, Did that watch just move? Uh, okay, make your arcane check. That is a six plus three, so nine. Okay. Unless it is nature or fire. <laughs> Uh, it's not nature or fire, but it is old magic. Oh, all right. Okay, so Grefton, you mentioned, um, what was your exact question? Did the watch just move? Yeah, did that watch just move? Um, and then I got a nine on an arcane check. <laughs> right. Uh, which is enough to see that it did move <laughs> and that it's old magic. You notice that the magic is old, not just that the pocket watch is old. Um, so Maria says, oh yes, uh, it does that. It's a pretty odd artifact. Um, I have been researching it for quite some time and there's a lot of mystery around it and I haven't quite figured it out. Um, but I think it has a link to an old legend that is um, maybe well known to you, but it's been passed down um, by my people for, for many generations. Um, and this is the legend. Hey, your friendos, welcome to the final DHHQ of Season 1. It's me, Alex, your friendly neighborhood GM. This is the part of the show where I come out and say thanks for listening and look for us on Season 2 in a few months. No, wait. This is the part of the show where I come out and tell you stuff. Stuff like, we're already recording Season 2, so we have episodes ready to go. There's no off weeks for us as we transition into Season 2. Also, dang, it's crazy to even be saying Season 2. Also stuff like, thank you so much for listening to Season 1 and coming on this journey with us. It's crazy to think that we recorded our first session of Keys to the Universe on October 3rd, 2019. So, we're right at one year old. Woohoo! We're a teeny tiny little baby podcast, but now not so teeny tiny little baby podcast as we used to be. I know we are all blown away by the fact that we even have people who are listening to this thing, and we are all super grateful to you for sharing the word, supporting us in all the ways that you do, and just generally being along with us for the ride. So, thank you. Today on Rules, 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 I'm going to be talking about the body die. This is the last big component of combat before we start really getting into the weeds, which we'll come back to eventually, but for now we're just going to wrap up Season 1 with our dig into combat rules with the body die, and we'll touch a little bit on armor since they really go hand in hand. The body die is a 12-sided die that has body parts written instead of numbers. We use this to determine where a hit lands on an enemy during an attack, and it roughly corresponds to armor zones. In our system, characters have different armor for different parts of their body instead of one overall armor class. 
Their armor is then subtracted out when they're hit by an attack, depending on where it lands. The armor zones are head, body, arms, legs, hands, and feet. But the body die has the faces of full body, head, chest, stomach, and then right and left each have a face for arms, legs, hands, and feet. These pretty much line up, except that body armor covers the chest and stomach faces and the full body face of our combat die. So for the full body face, we count that as double damage, but the defender subtracts out their body armor and their leg armor. It's kind of another bonus attack form, and the idea there is kind of like you either get a slash that goes across someone's whole body, um, or otherwise you've gotten a pretty good hit. So for those keeping score at home, if you roll a critical hit on the attack die and a full body on the body die, you're going to add your full stat to the attack and deal your damage twice. It usually does a solid chunk of damage when it happens. Finally, as always, please tell a friend about our show. If you have friends who like to binge instead of listen weekly, the end of a season is a great time to get those buddies on the bandwagon. Coming up, we have some of the funniest episodes we have ever recorded as we check in with Millie, Pippo, and Grefton between Season 1 and 2, and then we hit the ground running on our next arc. Now, here comes the legend that's going to blow this whole thing wide open. So, it begins... Pippo realizes his arm is still outstretched and sets Millie back on the ground. (laughs) Millie brushes herself off a little bit and glares at Pippo and then goes back to looking at Maria. Um, so at that, Maria kind of realizes, like, okay, uh, kind of like, she like gestures to you, time you guys come back into the room she just left, and there's a table with a couple of chairs. Um, and so she says, so this is the legend that I've been researching, and there's many rumors that go along with it, but this is... More or less the beginning. Grifton climbs up onto the table. Because <laughs> he wouldn't be able to see anything from the chair. Nice. Uh, so she says, Había una vez, era la única. Many, many years ago, before the mountain goat learned to climb the rocky heights, before this brown dirt had been given its strength to bear up under all that there is, before the three moons had been taught their baile de la noche, their dance through the night sky, before even time had learned to take its first steps, there was the One. The One set things as they are, gave meaning and purpose to all we see around us. Where he placed his feet, the very ground was formed. He pushed the sky back from the ground, and then walked throughout all of Myria. He wept in the valley, and the river was born. He stretched his arms out, and the mountains rose up. He sighed, and the wind took flight. He laughed, and the grass sprang up from the dirt. His words spoke into being the fish, and the birds, and the little chipmunks, and the mighty bear. He set each thing in its place. He took time by the hand, gave it its first steps, and when it had learned to walk, he went up to the sky. There he sang, and the moons got up to dance, and the stars couldn't help but join in. The sun laughed with the one, and then ran off after the moons and the stars, still dancing as they ran away. As the one continued to bring forth all that we know and all that we see, he built for himself a great house. It had a kitchen and a bedroom, just as our houses do, but the one's favorite room was his workshop. For there he refined his work, and there he fiddled and created, until he had perfected his craft. He would leave his workshop often to see the many wonders of the world, to walk in it, and to know it truly from the great mountain to the tiny ant. But always, always, the one would come back to his workshop and start something new. 
He worked night and day, night and day, night and day, always honing, always growing, until at last he had created something more beautiful, something more unique. What was it that he had created? Well, of course it was you, and it was me, and it was all things that speak and learn and know. And of these things, the one was most proud, for he had poured his own self into them, his own curiosity and his desire to know more, his love and his strength and even his power to create. And so having taught time to walk and danced with the moons and talked with the grass and fed the mountain goats, the one set us free to explore all that he had made. He locked up his workshop with his mighty keys and he went off to rest and enjoy the world as it was. And that's the legend that was taught to me. And there are some that believe his mighty keys that opened the workshop are still in existence today. And that's what I'm researching. Hippo is furrowed brow, very intently nodding along as Marie is explaining all of this. And as she stops explaining, he continues to nod along, <laughs> trying to understand what she's saying. <laughs> Millie has her hands folded, sitting on the table, trying to look professional and put together, being four foot tall, and is staring at Maria, looking like she kept up, but is still confused. <laughs> is this one of legend, the same one that Pippo speaks of, bringing him back to life? Well, this, I do not know. But it seems unlikely. Legends say that the one is distant. Um, after creating things, kind of set up others to monitor them. I don't know, Pippo, have you interacted with the one? Probably not. I've never seen his house. <laughs> <laughs> well... Now, I've been to some houses, and they've had workshops. But I don't think they were the one. Perhaps there was another one. Or perhaps there was number two. I don't think it was one. <laughs> Pippo kind of nods at the end of that. She says, she kind of like lets him... Of course, him... I don't know. Yeah, continue. <laughs> Dagamouth, you know, I don't know if Dagamouth has a house. I don't know if he has a kitchen either. I don't think he's the one. I doesn't seem much like a workshop type. She leans forward as if about to speak, but also to let Pippo continue if he's still talking. What does the one look like? Because I've seen Millie some at this point that might has be her mouth one. wide open with her head on, in her hands, just shaking it back and forth. Oh, don't worry, Millie. I know this is all very confusing for some people of lower intellect. Well, enlightened ones such as myself know all about these ones and twos and things. Maria's just like looking 
back and forth. And then, like, at Grafton, like... I'll then adjust my wrought iron-rimmed glasses back up onto my face. I think Grafton is also... He's not going to say anything else, but I think in his mind, he's a little... He's also, like, sort of trying to rationalize the idea of creation happening in a workshop because obviously as a nature mage he knows creation in nature Mm -hmm. but his interactions with workshops for the most part have been more so of like a, a reshaping of existing stuff than actual creation sure so he's he like kind of gets the idea but he also knows that a lot of natural formations get destroyed for work to have, for workshops to have their materials. Sure. Um, so Maria, after having given Pippo pause to continue, says, I don't think that sounds like the one that I have heard legends about. I can't speak for your experience, Pippo, so I don't know for sure, but generally speaking, the legends say that the workshop was so magnificent and so incredible that I have to think that if you had been there, you would know that it was the workshop of the one. Yeah, most of the workshops I've seen have been called the subpar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, well thank you so much for uh bringing my bag back i really appreciate it if you guys have you know find any other artifacts that you are interested in definitely i would love to see them it seems as though you um kind of adventure out and um do you guys uh know where you're staying uh part of my job is to go out and kind of retrieve some of these artifacts and things like that if um, it seems like they might be around, and so um, I'm new to this area. It seems like it would be really great to have some people that maybe could do some of those uh, things for me. Of course, I would compensate you as you go, but um, yeah, I mean, it seems like you guys are super successful in this. You got back so fast. I was not expecting it to go quite so quickly. I thought I would actually beat you back at this. At the well. Millie puts her hands on the table. And she's like, "It did not feel fast." Uh, okay. Uh, or died. And that's all she says. You died? Yeah. <laughs> you don't... She points at she the... Like... She points at the clock and she... Millie points at the the stop, uh, the pocket watch. It's like, that thing talked to me. It talked to you? I've never heard it speak before. <laughs> Grifton is... Equally shocked at that revelation. (laughs) What did it say? It didn't like how things were going. Can't say I think think it looks more self. (laughs) Griffin wants to grow a miniature hedge between him and the pocket watch. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. He's no longer sure about this thing. (laughs) Yeah. The uh, yeah, the, the chair sitting on the table. Now a little miniature hedge in there. She says, "It wasn't happy about thing, how things were going." That's very interesting. 
Well, hmm. Like, did it talk to you a lot? Or just a little it bit? It wanted to. <laughs> okay. Um, it said it, that it didn't like how things were going, and then it started glowing, and then we got thrown backwards again. Wait, it like emitted a burst of power and shoved you guys back through space? Millie starts nodding. Well, it didn't necessarily move anywhere, I don't think. But it was like the things that happened didn't happen. Well, Millie! Millie keeps nodding. Talk to it! <laughs> she reaches out a finger and pokes it. Uh, it kind of like slithers around up your finger. She starts shaking <laughs> she tries to shake it, it off. off. And like, flips back down to the table. <laughs> Anything else you gotta do? So, you said you might have more of these? Millie says hello to the pocket watch. Well, oh. Sh She's quietly whispering hello to the pocket watch while you guys are talking. Uh, Millie, you hear back in the back of your mind, uh, where it doesn't actually, like, the sound doesn't really come through your ears, but it just, like, kind of appears in your mind, like, before, um, it says, hello, and to Pippo, you were asking, oh, see, oh, you mentioned about there's some more of these, what? How many? Are they all watches? Millie has slapped her Honestly, hands over I, her ears and started I don't, screaming. Don't really... Millie, are you alright? <laughs> Just responded to me! Wait. I didn't... It responded to you? In my head! Oh. What, what did it say? Hello. <laughs> uh, at that, Maria's face, like... She's clearly surprised by this, um, and doesn't really know what to say about that. Uh, Pippo leans down really close to the watch. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get nothing. Grafton, just stay behind the hedge. Grafton, uh... Yep, has sort of hunkered down behind his hedge, like looking <laughs> looking over the top, looking back at Millie, looking all around, just trying to make sure that uh, he doesn't get surprised by something. It, what his name is, it's only polite. <laughs> to test something, Millie just thinks the question, what's your name, really hard. Nothing happens. So she leans over onto the table... And quietly says, oh, his head over his hedge. Uh, and then back in, in your mind again, <laughs> you hear the voice say, T -t 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 Tempore, what's your name? <laughs> it's nice to meet you. No, no, my name's Millie. Oh. Millie, it's nice to meet you. Maria, he says his name's T -t 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 Tempore. 
so then Maria leans down and says, Hello, Tempore. It's nice to meet you. Oh. Nothing. Look up at Maria expectantly. <laughs> she says, well, that's interesting. I guess this is going to take more research. Um, anything else that happened? Really, I think it likes you. I think it likes you. Why? Does it respond to that? Wait, what? She said, why? Oh, that's all you said? Okay. No response. Anything else that you guys want to say or do? Being disenchanted by the now silent watch. Return to Moran. How many of these are there? Well, do you think they are? What do they do? Are they all watches? Are they... Well, that I don't really know. I think... I don't know. The legends are not all consistent, which I guess gives me a job, which is interesting. But most of the legends kind of mentioned that each specific key would be responsible for something that, um, how would you say it, mm, is a building block of the world. So my suspicion is that this stopwatch has something to do with time, but the others may be space, maybe magic, but I don't really have a specific gauge on a number or really any defined things that they could control at this point. So you're saying we should be looking for blocks and we'll know they're the right blocks if they talk to Millie. Well, more or less, yes. <laughs> right. Well, I saw some blocks with that construction guy. Maybe we should check all those. Um, I mean, you could. I would also recommend right. that any... Uh, Stands up. Starts to turn around. Any key that's as, as old as this one is going to be pretty clearly identifiable as a, a, an old magic artifact. So I see that Grefton here is a, a nature mage and he should be able to at least get a base level read on um, each object being you know, pretty magical. Um, most of those blocks out there don't have any sort of aura or anything like that, but you can try them if you want. I mean, this the stopwatch never talked to me, so Maybe Millie needs to go have a chat with them. I'm not sure. Knowing that his magic detection has not been super on point, uh, wants to try to sort of steal over to the watch a little bit and, like, sniff it to get, like, a... It's supposed to be really old. All right, what's it smell like? Are you going to lick it? Okay. Please lick it. Uh... I guess this would be an investigation of this object, so make an 
awareness check, or yeah. if you're specifically smelling for magic, it could also be an arcane check. I, yeah, I guess smelling for magic, sure. I, I mean, I think it's feasible that magic well. would have a specific smell. Magic. Never had that rule before. <laughs> uh, nine. Six plus three. Okay. Uh, it smells like metal, so not much, and maybe just like a little bit of reptile and just a little bit of this is arcane by the way oh reptile magic and old <laughs> leather magic i guess i should since we get we gave uh, that option i, I guess yeah. i should have specified yeah I six mean, on the die my plus three is for arcane yeah so. i mean i think at this point you pretty much recognize like uh it's it doesn't really smell anything except that like you continue to recognize like this is like some pretty old magic um I think you also can like pretty well like knock off like it's not nature magic it's not fire magic um, but other than that I don't think you get anything extra um, right. <laughs> Millie leans over the table one more time and just quietly whispers to the watch why me Grifton scampers back behind his hedge <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you hear in your head, that remains to be seen. Millie sits back down in her chair and just thinks. This has been Keys to the Universe, a Dubious Histories podcast.